African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, good morning. Thank you for joining us. It is 11 o'clock once again, Central African time. Thank you for joining us on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa on DSTV on channel 802 on the audio book. And you can stream us live on www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, we're back looking at the big subject matters on the African continent. Well, today we're going to be looking at Cameroon. A lot has been happening there. Uh, the latest is that what I saw online is that it has been reported at least 80 inmates have escaped after gunmen stormed a prison in the northwest of the country. This comes as tensions have heightened in the country as English-speaking separatists have been battling uh, to forge an independent state in the country called Ambazonia and uh, the conflict between the separatists and Cameroon's military uh, intensifies before the scheduled October 7 uh, elections uh, which will see the current president Paul B are still running for president once again since being in power from November 1982. Well, to help us on this particular story, we're going to start with the conversation with Samora Dawood, who is the Amnesty International Deputy Regional Director for West and Central Africa, joining us on the line. Samira, thank you for giving us your time. Hello? Samira, can you hear me from your side? Yes, absolutely. Fantastic, Samira. There's a lot that has been happening in terms of the divisions that are taking place in terms of the Francophone and Anglophone regions in the country. And it seems like this has actually heightened the humanitarian uh, situation, people even fleeing uh, the country and some being displaced. Tell us a little bit from an Amnesty International perspective, what is happening in the country and what's creating uh, this uh, humanitarian crisis? Actually, as you know, the crisis started um, in, in almost two years ago when uh, the Anglophone regions, Northwestern and, and Southwest, started um, claiming for um, uh, more uh, recognition of the Anglophone um, uh, regions and, and, and started demonstrating, organizing strike. Uh, initially, of course, it was... Uh, uh, largely peaceful in nature, but these mm. uh, protests were met with um, uh, kind of important repression from the Cameroonian authorities and security forces um, that unfortunately uh, gave some space to a uh, more radical groups and more particularly um, what we would call the pro- proclaimed armed separatist group, mm. um, which are calling now for, for secession. So, of course, there is an ongoing... Um, uh, crisis in this region. People are fleeing. We, uh, from the last figures I had, uh, we have um, now probably uh, 160,000 people that are internally internally displaced in Cameroon, and and tens of thousands that are um, had to cross the, the border and um, who live in very difficult conditions in in, in Nigeria. Now, let's look at, uh, you know, 
the, the intensification that we're seeing. I'm sure it is happening because of the fact that uh, uh, elections are just around the corner, Samira. There is a link, of course. Uh, I think the, uh, uh, the separatist group want to um, show a kind of organize a kind of demonstration of their force and, and, and want to um, take the opportunity of this uh, electoral campaign and, and the election to um, be more visible and more vocal, uh, and at the same time, uh, the uh, government uh, wants to make sure that the, the, the elections can take place um, uh, without an issue, which would be difficult uh, concretely in this situation, considering the fact that many people have to flee, and also uh, the fact that uh, Anglophone um, separatists uh, have clearly threatened um, uh, people who will uh, go uh, to vote. Samira, what's also very um, interesting is just the different things that have been coming through the media and have been actually intensifying even uh, the socio-political situation that's taking place in the country. And this uh, one video that even Amnesty International commented on that shows soldiers shooting to death two women apparently suspected to have ties to Boko Haram along with their two young children. Uh, this video has created international controversy. Tell us a little bit about Amnesty International's concern around this particular story. Actually, uh, this story is not new to us. Mm. We um, uh, published uh, two years ago uh, in our uh, in one of our reports on uh, the situation in northern Cameroon. Uh, we uh, mentioned um, what uh, happened in in this um, city of Ashigasha. Uh, because at that time we collected uh, many uh, testimonies and information about um, an operation led by uh, Cameroonian security forces where um, uh, many uh, civilians uh, have been um, killing, um, have been killed by security forces and executed. Uh, the uh, only new element is, of course, this um, video uh, showing this horrific uh, uh, extrajudicial execution of those two women and, and two very young children. Um, so for us, this is this is not a kind of this is not a surprise for us because we have documented for years what was happening in in, in northern Cameroon. Of course, Boko Haram is um, uh, killing people, kidnapping people, etc., and we have been documenting that. But we have always been saying that um, the response from security forces was uh, totally inappropriate and was um, too often targeting civilians. Um, so this video is, uh, is kind of another evidence of what we have been uh, documenting for, for, for years. And what I want to say about this is that uh, mm. it, it's good that uh, because of this video, uh, the um, government has finally, after uh, saying that it was a fake news, uh, finally decided to launch an investigation and, and apparently seven people have been arrested. Um, but we shouldn't wait uh, until we have uh, this kind of video to launch investigation. A government should be able to listen to, um, I mean, what we've been saying. We have uh, uh, documented this specific case. This is uh, this is not as if this was an unknown case, and we have mm. documented many other cases uh, like this. And um, 
the government should not wait until the whole world sees in video online, I mean, what what is happening to uh, start investigating on those um, uh, human rights violations that have no place in this fight against terrorism. Fighting against terrorism, of course, is absolutely legitimate. Uh, they, they, they have the duty, the government of Cameroon has the mm. duty to protect people um, and to fight against those um, uh, armed groups, mm. but they should, in any case, they should never uh, target civilians or, or kill uh, civilians just just the way they did it. I mean, this is absolutely, absolutely not acceptable. Hmm. Well, Samir, we're going to stay with you on the line. We're still trying to get uh, one of our correspondents on the line, but I still think we're struggling with that particular line. But we're joined by Samira Dawood, Amnesty International's uh, Deputy Regional Director for West and Central Africa, uh, looking in detail at uh, Cameroon's uh, uh, conflict, especially between the Francophone and Anglophone regions. And we know that there's that also element of uh, Boko Haram that sometimes encroaches into a uh, Cameroon's uh, uh, northern region and we're going to really elaborate on those particular issues after the break. Remember, interact with us with our social media. Uh, remember, we're on uh, Twitter at Channel Africa One or at African Dialogue and that's where you can interact with us on uh, this hour and tell us what you think about our programming. It's 17 minutes past 11 o'clock. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back uh, with our guest on this particular matter. <music> This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective. Guess what? You can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi, Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese, French and English, giving you an African perspective. Hi, my name is Tandalunyenzovo and you are listening to Channel Africa. We are Channel Africa from an African perspective. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. If you're interested in a real-life story of friendship, then join Channel Africa for a book reading of 65 Years of Friendship, written by George Bezos about his relationship with African icon Nelson Mandela. From Monday to Thursday at 2200 Central African Time and during the weekend on Saturday and Sunday at 800 hours Central African Time. Join us for 65 Years of Friendship, a real-life drama. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Well, you are listening to Channel Africa. Thank you for joining us uh, on our shortwave service on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa. Today, we're looking at uh, what's happening in terms of the clashes which are taking place in Cameroon between Amazonian separatists and also uh, the military within the country. But we also know that there's more complications in the country in terms of uh, uh, the encroachment that takes place 
place in with Boko Haram in the northern parts of uh, uh, Cameroon. And uh, that's also creating more people actually being displaced, uh, uh, Samira. And the displacement problem is not just the fact that it's Cameroonians that are being displaced, but also we're seeing also uh, some uh, Nigerians uh, running away into Cameroon. So it also uh, conflates the situation and makes it a little bit more uh, complex. Uh, I think you're mentioning uh, Nigerian people uh, fleeing the situation in 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 the northeast of Nigeria yes, sure. and the attacks of Boko Haram. Yes, the, um, yes, Cameroon is, is is in a very uh, difficult situation in terms of um, I mean a humanitarian um, um, side because uh, there are many uh, refugees coming from uh, neighboring countries. Uh, Nigerian, as you said. Uh, that are um, had to to flee from uh, the conflict with Boko Haram in in northeast Nigeria, but also people coming from Central African Republic, and uh, of course you have all the international um, internal displaced uh, people, Cameroonian, uh, leaving uh, their um, villages either uh, from the uh, northwest and southwest Anglophone areas, but also uh, from the the far north. Where Boko Haram uh, regularly um, uh, launches the attacks against uh, civilians. Mm. And also, in terms of that complication, uh, from a humanitarian perspective, what is the solution? Because there's so many multifaceted um, issues that we're facing here, Samira. It's internal conflict within. Um, Cameroon itself and these external factors that you've highlighted. Clearly, there is a crisis here. Yeah, and I, the, what what our main concern is that the, we we can see a clear escalation of violence, uh, more particularly in the anglophone uh, area, um, the, and not only from security forces. So we, we have to be honest. Um, we, the armed separatist groups um, have uh, been attacking uh, security forces. We we have documented over. Um, 160 members of security forces um, killed by the armed separatists so far this year, uh, but also uh, attacking uh, schools, uh, civilians, uh, threatening people, uh, threatening uh, local um, uh, chiefs uh, when accused of being uh, supporting the central government, etc. So mm. um, uh, we, we have reasons to believe that uh, or many other ordinary people are now at risk uh, mm. with this violence that is committed uh, by uh, some members of the armed separatist groups, and of course the uh, the response from the government that is not always adequate. We have documented in a, a previous reports uh, the way um, the security forces have uh, um, burned uh, villages, and 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 we have collected so many testimonies. Uh, uh, in um, in Nigeria, from uh, refugees coming from Cameroon, uh, explaining how they have been um, their village has been attacked and and they suffered violence from the security forces. So now, of course, we need uh, probably uh, yes a, a, a sign from or a signal from from the authorities uh, that uh, they want to put an end to this violence, but mm. they are not. Uh, um, trying to punish mm. uh, all the Anglophones for uh, the um, political 
uh, require ask from some people or because of the uh, um, act that has been committed by by a violent act that has been committed by some separatists, uh, people should be protected wherever they are, and uh, there should be a clear uh, demonstration that there is a, a, a will to to find a, a peaceful solution to this. But also from the uh, the Anglophone uh, groups, uh, probably the uh, peaceful. Um, Groups mm. should uh, uh, probably say something about the violence committed by the separatists. You know what's worrying? That would probably help. Samir, what's really worrying in this particular issue that you're highlighting, and you've highlighted it very much, uh, elaborating on on the on the different factors that are affecting Cameroon, but it's also the silence that continues from whether the African Union or also in terms of uh, international. Um, bodies um, that have to do with uh, more uh, government authorities that I'm referring to. Why are we seeing that particular silence, especially because, as you highlighted when we started this conversation, this has been a two-year-long conflict that has been very much uh, growing more and more intense. I think one of the main um, obstacles is that Cameroon is one of the key uh, partners of um, international community and more particularly the U.S. Uh, or France uh, in the fight against terrorism. Uh, these countries, just like Chad, just like Mauritania, since they are absolutely key partners in this global fight, against uh, terrorism and against um, uh, armed uh, groups, um, it, it's very difficult to obtain from this very same international community a reaction against uh, their main partner in, mm. in what they consider as absolutely key and, 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 and very important. So um, the, the, what we are trying to do is, of course, to raise awareness and to put pressure on international community so that they recognize that, yes, we can... Uh, of course, support Cameroon in in this common fight against terrorism, but at the same time, they should not accept um, first that they could use um, uh, violence against uh, against civilians in this uh, in this fight against terrorism, uh, and and also um, uh, try to to make sure that there is a yeah political ish political um, uh, solution. To, to to the to this crisis at least the the anglophone one all right, I'm going to take a quick break and then I'm going to come back to you, um, Samira, because I would like to also just to for our listeners who don't understand uh, uh, the conflict between the Anglophone and the Francophone, what's happening in that regard? What creates that particular tension? Is it a history of sorts within the country? Is it a tribal breakdown? Some people uh, compare it to uh, the Rwandan uh, genocide context. Uh, so we'll, we'll look at that particular particular um, sociological um, character of this uh, conflict. And uh, we are looking at uh, Cameroon and looking at uh, really the um, tension that we're seeing between uh, the Anglophone and the Francophone regions within the Cameroon. 
because it seems to be intensifying, uh, especially before uh, the next elections, the separatists that want to actually uh, create this uh, uh, um, secession from the country, uh, calling uh, their own country or their new country, as they call it, Ambazonia, are actually adamant that the October 7 elections will not actually take place. So we'll look at uh, uh, the ethnic nature of this conflict when we come back with Samira Dawood. She's the Amnesty International Deputy Regional Director for West and Central Africa. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back after this. Welcome to Change Your Game on Channel Africa, the African perspective. We are coming to you from Johannesburg right here in South Africa. I'm Asanda Beda, your host. Change Your Game, the program that promotes open discussion and social dialogue as we highlight real issues in the African entrepreneurship ecosystem. Trevor Mumba now joins us in studio to talk about his entrepreneurial and personal journey. Welcome to Change Your Game, Trevor. Thank you so much. Um, it's an honor to be here. Palesa Mukubong, who's a designer. Welcome, Palesa, to Change Your Game. Thank you. Your role at the fourth annual Fashion Without Borders event. I just know that I need to arrive and, and, <laughs> okay. and do my part and do it really, really well. Hi, I'm Pule Mulebazi, the presenter of the Albinism Report a program that demystifies myths and mysticism on albinism, highlighting challenges and achievements of people with albinism. Tune into the Albinism Report on the following times, Monday 5 past 9 in the morning to quarter to 10 Central African time and from 5 past 10 to quarter to 11 Central African time, Tuesday at 5 past 2 in the morning to quarter to 3 Central African time. The Albinism Report. An enlightened narrative with me, Ule Mulebati, on Channel Africa from an African perspective. Well, it is almost 11.30 Central African time. You are listening to African Dialogue this hour where we're unpacking the tensions that we are seeing in Cameroon. And we are speaking to Samira Dawood, who is the Amnesty International Deputy Regional Director for West and Central Africa. We've been struggling with the other lines. We're supposed to have Dr. Julia Samin, uh, who is supposed to join us from Ohio University of Dayton. And also we're struggling with our line into um uh, Cameroon itself, or we're supposed to have our correspondent Moki Kinzeka on the line. But we'll continue with uh, Samira Dawood with this particular uh, conversation. Uh, when we start the conversation, Samira, you were actually outlining uh, the tensions in terms of the Anglophone and the Afro, uh, the Francophone, rather. Uh, what's happening in that regard? Is that a tribal or uh, conflict? Can we? Is it fair to compare it with uh, the Rwandan uh, context when we saw uh, the genocide in in that country? Uh, what is happening in this regard? No, we definitely can't compare what's happening there to what uh, happened in Rwanda in, in 1994 and mm. to, to the genocide. We're absolutely not in the same kind of situation. Mm. I think we have to be to uh, to, to stay proportionate. Um, the the current crisis is a kind of revival of the very old 
uh, in grievances and the hunger from problem can uh, be traced back to the independence period. At that time, part of it was uh, British territory, the other one a French territory. Then the agreement at that time was to have a kind of federal state. Uh, however, the, the reunification process and, and the, the following period, uh, there were there were a controversy and 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 led to what the Anglophone mm. communities perceived as a kind of forced and unfair assimilation into the Francophone-dominated state, mm. um, and this uh, precipitated the widespread sense of political, social, and economic marginalization of the part. Uh, on the part of, of Cameroon's Anglophone minority, it's true that there are. I mean, uh, there, there have been the, um, the, the, the reason why Anglophone uh, regions were protesting uh, the, the marginalisation of the Anglophone linguistic uh, um, traditions and systems, and and uh, the fact that the common law in court was not properly used, including in uh, in, in Anglophone areas, uh, um, the implementation of English in classrooms, mm. and the fact that this is not really a bilingual country. I think this is uh, the reality. But um, uh, e even though I, I would say that th these are absolutely legitimate um, um, requests from, from, from the, the Anglophone uh, uh, community, mm. uh, we cannot say that there is a kind of um, specific marginalization of this region if we compare to other regions. I mean, if you go to North uh, to the far north of Cameroon, uh, this is um, a very, very poor uh, region, and, and, mm. and the um, education uh, rate and, and our rate is very, very low compared to the rest of the country. So this is not as if region was particularly uh, discriminated against um, compared to other regions, but it's true that this bilingual um, aspect of the country or, or character of the country is not um, a, a reality, and uh, uh, and now when we, if you're asking about, if, is it? Uh, I mean, uh, are we watching? I mean, is, are we seeing the genocide happening? Of course not. Mm. Uh, we are not talking about this. Mm. Uh, there is a, a clear crisis in this region with security forces fighting against armed groups, but also. Uh, uh, in some many cases that we have documented targeting uh, civilians, uh, and 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 on the other side you have um, uh, armed uh, groups uh, that are uh, targeting security forces, killing, uh, but also uh, attacking uh, civilians, schools, and uh, just to make sure that the people um, do not go back to school and do not uh, go back to work, and and uh, to keep the situation, the the, the, the regions in the situation. Where um, you know the, the, the things are not functioning, uh, and, and we are not going back to business as usual because they want to mm. make sure that uh, um, they can put pressure on on the central government. Samira, as we're about to wrap it up, in in the context of um, this happening, uh, just. Uh, um, before um, the scheduled October 7 elections. Um, we know that the president has been a strongman since 1984. That's Paul Beer, and will be running once again uh, for presidency. In, in that context, um, is the country ready for elections in this intense situation? Will the um, crisis that we're talking about in the north destabilize um, elections uh, 
processes as a whole for the country or do you foresee things going normal for other parts of the country and things becoming maybe unstable only in in, in the north of Cameroon? I guess that in other parts of the country, uh, things will go normal and and the election will, I mean, there will be no problem for for the election. The only, uh, even in the far north, before the far north, the the issue would be all the people that had to leave their village um, and that probably crossed the border uh, and and are in Nigeria or the people who who had to, were internally displaced. Uh, and of course, the northwest and southwest, the Anglophone regions, where clearly, uh, if you have, of course, those the, the people that had to 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 leave their villages and to flee, but also the people who stayed, but uh, will be uh, frightened to vote because uh, uh, there were clear uh, uh, threats from the armed uh, separatists uh, against people that will go uh, and vote. So. The, 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 uh, it will clearly be disturbing in, in this region. I don't know to what extent and uh, if it will affect the kind of final result of the election. This is not something we we can um, make a um, statement on, but yeah. uh, this is clearly a, a difficult situation, yeah. And finally, interventions, what should be happening now? Uh, I know that you were talking from your organization, the kind of awareness that you are creating in Azamnesty International, but do you think more should be done from an African Union level? Yes, probably. I think it's the role of the African Union to intervene and to make sure that we find uh, uh, um, uh, peace. Uh, and to ensure that the dialogue is uh, is possible between uh, the government and and and, uh, and um, the anglophone group. So um, we yes, we wish that the, the African Union could step in. Uh, the problem is that the African Union is uh, very often. I mean, um, it's not very often reacting the way we we would expect it to. So. Uh, but this is clearly um, a crisis uh, where the African Union should um, intervene. Well, thank you so much, Samira, for giving us uh, your time and giving us just a backdrop of what's happening in the Cameroon, especially because we are uh, going uh, into election time in the country. So we appreciate your contribution. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's Samira uh, Dawood there giving us uh, her viewpoints in terms of analyzing uh, the situation in Cameroon, especially uh, where we are seeing uh, people fleeing uh, the English-speaking areas of Cameroon where separatists are battling to form a new nation, which they are calling uh, the Ambazonia um, country. And uh, a lot of uh, tensions are happening, especially in the north, in the context of where and we do see uh, the fact that we also have a humanitarian crisis with uh, immigrants spilling over into uh, Cameroon from Nigeria and other parts of uh, the DRC as well. We're seeing that context as well uh, taking place. So what are your thoughts? Remember, you can interact with us on our social media at Channel Africa One. Uh, that's our uh, uh, Twitter handle at Channel Africa One or at African Dialogue. You can uh, give us 
us your thoughts there. Don't forget that we also have a Facebook page simply uh, titled Channel Africa. Uh, that's our Facebook page on that particular platform there. Well, we're going to uh, take a break before our uh, business news. Still coming up is our business news on the African continent. And we also have our sports update that's going to be coming on at around 11.45 Central African time. Let's take a break with some music. This is Yvonne Chaka Chaka. This one is titled Will Africa Change?
kwa sitabula na sodwa safa injana safa ujane safa yindulaza ngokheli zethu sikhokhela ngeqiniso yose kube nini na Afrika kusini Afrika mashariki penduka Afrika eh 